Hello everyone and welcome to a new episode from Setting the Tone. If you like Scorpions, tick. If you like Yuli John Roth, tick. Stick around because I'll tell you all about this episode right after the intro. Hello everyone and welcome to today's episode. As you heard me say in the intro, if you like Scorpions, tick. You like Yuli John Roth? Tick. Well, today is our Yuli John Roth special. Stick around because there's more about that right after this track. Welcome back. So that is the track 
Catch Your Train, which is taken from the album Scorpions Revisited, which came out in 2015. And that is by Yuli John Roth. We've got a wonderful interview with the man himself, the legend that is Yuli John Roth, where we are talking about the upcoming tour, which takes place in November. You can catch those dates on Yuli John Roth's website, as well as on Set and Science Facebook page and Instagram. We'll be posting the dates in there. The tour kicks off in Cardiff and it ends in Milton Keynes, as well as the upcoming book, as well as a little hint. We start to hint a little bit about an upcoming studio album. Album. Stick around because you won't want to miss it. That's all in this interview right next. So, everyone, welcome to Yuli John Roth. Yuli John Roth, welcome to Setting the Tone. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. Um, I appreciate you joining us today. Thank you. You're very welcome. My pleasure. Uh, let's talk about the reissues. I've noticed that there's um, some reissues coming for fans to um, for these reissues. What can they expect to see from the reissues in terms of the presentation of the vinyls? Will there be any sort of special packaging or extra tracks or um, additional artwork in the in the packaging? There will actually be all of that. <laughs> You're right. Um, you see, after uh, so many years in the business, I, I came to a conclusion of just setting up my own record label, able to uh, really um, put my back catalog and my present stuff on on the market in exactly the way I I like, you know, good artwork, remastering, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, without having to answer to some uh, record company executive. Um, so uh, we founded this little label called Alpha Experium, and <laughs> sounds a little bit like a Harry Potter kind of thing, <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> Uh, it gives me really carte blanche to, to do what I like. And so we're going to um, buy and buy, uh, put all my entire back catalog on the market in, uh, yeah, in, in, in a new way, uh, starting with um, remastering stuff from going way back to original master tapes rather than uh, doing what is normally the norm, like remastering, remastering of the same stuff, and then they in the end it becomes kind of uh, almost unrecognizable. So we went back to the source with these things, and um, also uh, I had a really good look at the artwork and uh, uh, used what was good from the past, but uh, augmented and updated it. Plus. Um, Yes, uh, most of that stuff was either never available on vinyl or it's been a long time ago. Uh, so now that's going to change. Our first one will be the first Electric Sun album, um, Earthquake, which is now being printed and is going to be released, uh, I think, in a couple of weeks' time. And that will come out uh, as uh, vinyl. Uh, fully remastered from the originals, plus some uh, bonus tracks which haven't been released, and uh, yeah, and enhanced artwork, and that's it. That's absolutely fine. And all the others will follow. Firewind will also follow before um, before Christmas, and um, yeah, we'll make that an ongoing situation. Absolutely fine. In terms of um, Electric Sun's Earthquake album, that album came out a long, long time ago before this whole digital age of uh, podcasts and iTunes and Spotify. The process to take those masters and 
put them into today's um, technology, if you will. That must have been a really delicate process. Can you talk me through how how delicate and timely that that process was there, please? Actually, uh, earthquake, we went to pretty extreme lengths. We've tried uh, many different approaches. We tried looking, we tried um, remastering the very first uh, digital masters that were um, in existence from the early 80s. Um, and um, really, and, and I've, I've got a really good guy in Germany who is like a, a supreme specialist of remastering um, from uh, Dieter Dirk Studios. Uh, and uh, so he offered me uh, quite a few different scenarios, and we, we went through all of them discussing how to um, maybe uh, get the best out of it. Then, um, it's, uh, through some sheer luck or what, what have you, uh, we actually came um, across the very original um, tape masters, which had been in storage for 20-something years wow. uh, under relatively rough conditions somewhere in Germany in some trailers. Um, and uh, so... Uh, they were uh, they needed treatment like most of these old tapes do because they uh, they tend to lose um, some of what they had originally because they're mm -hmm. magnetic. So uh, there is a process uh, called baking where you're actually putting these um, master tapes, these original master tapes, into a sort of oven, and they're being uh, baked slowly but surely at a certain temperature, and that makes them fully playable again, you know. Because if you don't do that, uh, when you're putting them, when you're putting these master tapes onto um, a, a tape machine, what happens is uh, after a half a minute or so, the uh, sound really deteriorates because simply uh, the magnetic um the the film uh, on the tape starts peeling off you know because from all the uh, and 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 then uh, everything gets clogged and uh, and the sound gets becomes dull and this baking process um allows you to replay the music once you know or at least and then uh, kind of um put it onto a format, onto a modern digital format at, at a high uh, data rate, so to speak, mm -hmm. you know, 96 kilohertz, etc. All singing, all dancing, and then you've got something you, you, you can work with. It's quite a process. And we also took um, similar uh, paints with the artwork. Now, when you do like a vinyl uh, cover, I mean, the, the lovely thing of thing, of course, is it's it's large, not like yeah. these well Mickey Mouse CD things, which I've always hated <laughs> because yeah. it's the death of artwork as we knew it, you know, in in um, in those days. So now we're back to being able to do um yeah the pictures on on the larger scale and everything is much uh, much better regarding that you know so we've um, um, come up with uh, some new artwork you know kept what was good from the past and 
and augmented in. And also then there's a barcode on the CDs and um, and on the vinyl where you can um, then go into our website, which has all the lyrics plus additional info, plus additional photos for each album. You wow. know, where, yeah, we're putting quite a lot of effort into all of that because it's, yeah, it's it's all about uh, getting it right, and it, it's not really um, uh, designed to be be so much of a commercial effort, but more an artistic one, you know. Yes, I, I suppose that from a commercial background, the, the albums had their commercial run, if you like, and now it's more about preserving and passing on this, this exactly. project work to the next generation. Of and, and, and and the best possible way, and also, yes, um, for the next generation, you're, you're right. You know, it's also for those who um, want to have a look in the past and see what was out there and, you know, and uh, we're trying to give them, uh, yeah, the best possible angle of, of, of my uh, output so to speak. Mm-hmm. Speaking of um, generations, there's a really nice spread of the reissues in terms of what's been selected. There's something that I feel that will appeal to different generations, whether that be the fan from the, the 70s, 80s to the late 90s to present day. That's that's a really cool thing that's been kind of fought out there between yourself and, and the team to you know, kind of handpick certain things. Was there a particular reason behind that or was... Was that always the intent? Uh, I don't know. I've got a, um, I've got several people um, helping um, with all that. You know, some are very young. Uh, in fact, my daughter, she's really good with that. You know, Akasha, she's 25, and she's doing our, um, you know, uh, Instagram and and some of the you know, Facebook stuff. You know, which I'm hopeless at, and I actually, frankly, don't like it. Um, <laughs> the social media stuff gets on my nerves a lot of the time. Although sometimes it's it's really cool, actually, what you can do, you know. So, yeah. but um, I leave that to those who, who understand it more. And um, yeah, but I mean, you you got to do these things because that's um, that's all window to the world nowadays. Um, in the olden days, or at the time of fire, wind, and uh, earthquake, like in the late 70s, early 80s, it was your contact with uh, the the audience was apart from the shows. It was via magazines, newspapers, of of which there were plenty, mm-hmm. um, and uh, or uh, say the occasional television appearance or a radio show and that was it you know and nowadays it's um these other things are um increasingly less relevant and yes it is social media um and the turnover it's extremely fast uh, everything has a shelf life of five seconds or so not my cup of tea i admit you know um yeah, I, I'm not a fan of, of the uh, superficiality of it all and also the lack of accuracy and just so much information because everybody's just producing everything so quickly that there's just everything is full of errors. And I don't know, maybe I'm a little bit too German for all that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> 
Our Gestapo element in me, I guess. <laughs> Where, yeah, I just, yeah, I, I, I sometimes would like things a little bit more thorough and, and not so superficial. No, I do, I do tend to agree that there, there is a time and place for social media, but um, I, I agree that everything feels like it's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. There is no kind of, you know, break for people from it. And it, it's a blessing and a curse at the same time. So I do agree. Yeah, and then a lot of people are really, really addicted to it, you know. And I, I'm glad to say I'm not one of them, you know. But some people, they're constantly checking their social media and uh, – it takes precedent over um, interacting with people in the quote-unquote real world. You know, not that social media isn't real, because of course it's also real, but it's just one step removed from the uh, yeah from the personal interaction. You know, mm. and and I've said you know, I've um. I've noted that the rest of this year and going into next year is a very busy year. And from the press notes I've, I've been given, I can see that you've got a, a new studio album on the way. Um, and obviously not many, I don't think there's much details around that at the moment. Obviously you've got an extensive tour and there's a book coming as well. So if we, I appreciate, obviously I don't know how much information you're allowed to say from a label perspective, but in terms of the new album, how have you tried to level up on this album compared to different albums? In terms of what have you done differently? Well, um, I'm always doing things differently because I never really work to um, much of a formula. You know, there are certain things that I tend to do in the same way when I'm in the studio, but simply because I've um, learned that they work for me. But um, every album, in fact, every song, is a new kind of frontier, and I'm always treating it as such. I'm always eager to explore new possibilities and new angles, you know. So um, we've we've started recording um, quite a few pieces all at the same time, doing this, 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 you know, sometimes starting with uh, um, the guitars, sometimes starting with something else. And they're at various levels of, of progression, you know. Like um, I've just been to Germany and recorded um, a whole bunch of uh, lead guitars for some of these songs, which I've now um, finished it, finished editing, and I'm very um, happy with the result, which um, is a good thing because very often I'm not so happy with the results. And... Um, it's yeah, as I say, it it's a, a lot of um, work on a lot of different fronts, you know, and um, and it stretches over quite uh, some periods of time because when I'm like when I'm out playing, uh, there is no studio time, you know, and even um, when I'm at home, there are a lot of other things that that I'm that I'm doing, so I can't always do. Um, just uh, just work on one project. Um, we will see. Um, but at the moment, this is going really well. You know. Yes. Is there is there a particular section already that you you're sitting back and going, wow, I really enjoy that particular section on this album, or or do you feel that's still to come? Well, I I don't think, and in my mind, it doesn't quite work like that. You know. 
Um, I certainly enjoyed editing these guitar recordings, and I'm really pleased with the outcome. So that that is one thing, but there's other things that still need doing, and it's just it's always a lot of work. Um, for me at least, uh, because I'm a stickler for detail when it comes to recording, and uh, and I don't just thrash it out. You know, I've never really done that. I don't really usually. If I do it, or if I would do it, I'm usually not satisfied with the results. You know, so I uh, I prefer the slow and tested way, like an oil painting, where you have layers after layers of oil. You know, you let one layer dry, then you do some glazing on top, mm -hmm. and then do a little bit more. And you have to let that dry, etc. And this is very much uh, the way I I work when when doing uh, recordings. There's absolutely no rush for it. You want the, the end product to be the very best it can be. So yeah, yeah. yeah but we're but we're making great great progress, you know. And, and that's all I can say. No, that's fine. Because uh, for years uh, I haven't recorded, and I've I've always written a lot of music, but. So much of it and just ends up in my drawer or ends up as a um, score on my computer, an orchestra score, which nobody else knows than, than me. And I'm not even playing it to anybody. So, <laughs> yeah, now it's time to actually put something out. Mm -hmm. yeah. When when do you feel that we might be able to see um, that album? I appreciate obviously it's still being made. and Well, yeah, uh, you see... Uh, rather than putting out a complete album, uh, we've decided we will do batches of it, like three pieces at a time, you know, which yeah. will then make just a lot of people do it that way nowadays. And I understand why, because the old way of doing it, uh, like where you have like a complete thing with 12 tracks or whatever, um, is very time consuming. and. Uh, nowadays, people with their iTunes, etc., very few people, I believe, uh, even make the effort of listening to a whole album. They just listen to tracks, you know. It's all part of this uh, increased superficiality. It extends to the listening. You know, the music has uh, become a commodity very much. And I feel it's really sad that people uh, you know and i appreciate it's how individuals choose to be that's fine but i feel it's really sad that not many choose to listen to an album from start to finish i think that there's so yeah. many albums that i've listened to and a lot of the the best songs tend to be the songs that don't get released as singles uh, there's a lot i of... completely agree yeah i completely um, agree. i think if i was to give an example there's a, a band called him and they released an album called Love Metal some time ago. And I keep saying to a lot of fans that I think the second half of the album is so much stronger than the first half. And, you know, wow. we have great conversations about that particular. Yeah. So moving on, I'll start reminiscing about the past. Um, I note there is a new book titled as well, In Search of, of the Alpha Law. Um, are you able to give us an insight in terms of what the book is about there, please? Yeah, this is a book that's been a long time coming, just like with my albums. <laughs> it's a long-term long project, which uh, I finally managed to complete um, during the uh, COVID scenario, you know, because uh, I had all this time on my hands and something told me now is the time to do the book. 
which I had started many years ago and um, wrote several versions, but I was never really quite happy with it um, for various reasons. Um, and now I am happy because uh, COVID gave me the, the time to really fully concentrate on nothing but, and I did. So I spent two years and I came up with this, this huge tome of 650-something pages with um, tons of photographs and tons of content. And uh, the subject matter is it's a little hard to put into, into a nutshell, but it's, it's a philosophical book about the way I... I see life, and uh, um, it's written with uh, it's written from someone who looks at uh, life and uh, the world and even the universe from a musical perspective, in terms of harmonies, rhythms, uh, and all this, you know. Difficult to put into words, but once you start reading it, you'll hopefully understand. And I've um, I've tried. I mean, some of it uh, becomes gets a little technical because I have to explain a, a few musical uh, details, which for a non-musician may be a little bit hard to chew. And mm. that was one of the reasons why I was. Uh, never happy originally because I wanted to write it in such a way that also non-musicians can understand it. And I think the the final version of it, um, it yeah, achieved that to, to a large degree, maybe not 100%, you know? So, yeah, that, that's pretty much it. You know, it's not a... Uh, it's not a book about my life. It's not a, a biography, autobiography. It's not about, um, yeah, life on the road and all these things. Far from it. It's a, it's something completely different. It's about, um, you know, certain, dare I say it, um, wisdoms or a certain way of looking at life that um and 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 understanding or trying to understand uh the way things relate in our lives and uh and the world and even the universe so it, it goes into um it also goes into astrophysics at points, which um, I've always been interested and in, fascinated in. Um, so, yeah, it's not an easy read, but uh, people tell me it's a fascinating read. Um, you know, quite a few people have already uh, read it. So, I think that's all I can say at the moment. You know, we. Hopefully it will be released before Christmas. Not an easy thing to do with such a big book because it's a coffee table scenario and it costs an arm and a leg to print it. Um, so it's quite large, you know. But, um, yeah, we're working on it. 
I can't wait to see it. Um, it's, it will sounds like very something very very different to what's out there already from a lot of musicians. Where they... it's uh, certainly very different from pretty much any other book. I can guarantee you that. Yes. Um, and obviously, there's, there's this small matter of uh, of a tour. Um, the UK legs, I believe, in November. I think. Yes. Yeah, we're starting on November twenty in Cardiff. We're doing nine shows in the UK. Including, uh, uh, yeah, the major cities, or um, or near to the major cities, you know. Uh, so that's a, a a tour, um, with my band because I before solo uh, COVID I was out doing a solo tour, you know. With just a projector and and I played with uh, the uh, orchestra coming uh, basically uh, from my computer, which was fine. It was like an evening with Huli John Roth, you know. But now this is uh, a tour where I'm I'm playing um, a lot of my stuff from the past, but I'm also playing some some new new things. We're um, going out with a full band and. The multimedia projector, you know, where I produce films for um, a lot of the the songs to to go with it. I was going to ask what can fans expect um, that would be different, but that's probably going to be the biggest element. That... Uh, yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be colourful to say the least. <laughs> we're we're going to play the whole gamut. Uh, there there will be uh, early Scorpion stuff. There will be uh, electric sun, but there will also be the recent stuff, and and I will play some uh, at least one piece on my flamenco uh, sky guitar as well. Something there for everybody. Is there a, a particular song or, or set of songs that you're looking forward to dusting off and and playing again live for for the fans? Oh well, I I'm looking forward to doing the new ones because of course. As much as I like playing all of them, um, the the new ones are more exciting because we uh, we haven't done them yet, and yes. <laughs> uh, so there's, there's a certain danger element because they are some of them are uh, not easy to play, and I'm looking forward to that. You know, I like to be challenged. Um, it's obviously got to be a really nice feeling knowing that there's so many different generations of people that still want to come and see you doing what what you do best and what you love to do, and that's playing music and and sharing your love for music with the fans. Um, it's got to be a really nice feeling for yourself there still. Yeah, I, you know, um, I'm really uh, surprised. I have been surprised this year um, because we we did all these festivals in Europe. Uh, didn't do any in, in the UK, but we. Uh, it's Spain, Sweden, Germany, France, Italy. And, uh, you know, when I look into the front row, very often there are really young uh, people there, like in their 20s, and they seem to know the music, you know. And that didn't used to be the case a few years ago. It was It was mainly the older ones who grew up with that stuff. But I think it's maybe because some of them actually now are bringing their kids who are ready to um, appreciate that that kind of music, which is not mainstream music or not anymore mainstream music because Mm -hmm. you don't 
hear it on the radio, but uh, they seem to relate to the excitement that um, an electric guitar can actually generate, you know, which was the name of the game when we first started out in the 60s and, and 70s and 80s. Um, it, the music was very guitar-driven, um, electric guitar-driven, and the guitar was, the, yeah, like a... Um, how shall I say, the tool of excitement, you know. It was very exciting when we first heard these these sounds that uh, Hendrix and Clapton and these people came up with, you know. And I'm still from that time because uh, I I had my first show in 1968 when I was six, uh, 13. So um, I still remember the sounds from that time and what it felt like, because uh, back then, nobody had ever had heard sounds like that. It was all very, very mind-blowingly uh, new, you know, to hear the sound of a, a guitar played by Jimi Hendrix, you know. Nowadays, of course, this is different, but I guess for uh, the young generation who come into music new and they're maybe listening to... Uh, mainly what's out there on radio or whatever or on social media, once they get exposed to some of that real guitar playing with all that excitement from back then, uh, some of them, with some of them, it's, uh, <laughs> it works like a bug, you know? It really ca- captures their imagination because it's, it's quite something if it's well done, you know? And if you want to do it, or it can be quite something. It can also be quite uh, something pretty horrible. But let's uh, not. That's all we. <laughs> we don't fall into that category most of the time. I'm sure. I'm sure you can't. Not not someone is. Um is like yourself that's been there done it and it's really great that you're still able to do it and produce these wonderful sounds for me i i think the guitar is probably the greatest instrument ever not not only does it make wonderful sounds but people playing the guitar are so talented and they understand it and it's just wonderful to see i still get a kick out of going to see people play guitar at shows um it's fantastic i've got a couple of last questions for yourself um firstly i don't imagine over the last 10, 20 years, there's not much you haven't seen or heard in terms of artists and bands. Is there anyone of the recent time that's really impressed you, whether it be a, a band or an artist that's kind of doing something slightly different to that maybe of 30, 40 years ago? Uh, I don't know. I mean, sometimes I, I come across something and I say, well, that's really good, you know. But then sometimes I don't even know know the name. Or, um, you know, it might be something that I'm hearing on the radio while while driving. Um, nothing really comes to mind, but there's certainly a lot of talent out there and, and young young people who are really going for it. I know that, you know. It's, it's just that the music industry um, that we knew from the past, it doesn't exist anymore in the same way. And it's very, very hard for young talent to make a name for themselves nowadays. I'm not saying it's not impossible. It's not, yeah, it's not impossible because uh, there's always a way. But 
Um, I think it was probably easier for us because we had more opportunities to, to actually go and play for people, which is very important for the upcoming uh, young artists. And also there wasn't as much competition because back then doing an album, producing an album was a big deal because it was so expensive. Uh, very few people actually got the privilege to do it through the record companies, you know. So um, whereas nowadays everybody can do pretty much anything in their bedroom using samples or whatever, even if they can't play, they can still produce something that sounds like an album. And that didn't used to be the case. So now um, it gets watered down a lot and some people who are really, really talented and exceptional, it may be very hard for them to get noticed nowadays. Um, they might be swamped out by all the other stuff, you know? And also real talent sometimes is, is also really fragile mentally. Um, not being able to cope with uh, with all the forgive my word with all the bullshit factor that that's oh, out there. agreed. <laughs> Fully you know? agree. Yeah, I, as as someone that's um, in their late thirties, I, I agree with you. There's 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 so much rubbish that has come out and still comes out, and there's very little talent that unfortunately gets to make it because of, like you say, the competition side of it, where you know, all you need is a laptop and uh, some software, and you might not be a musician, but you can become a musician in 20, yeah. 30 minutes. So which I, is not which is not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, horses for courses, you know. It's just um, I'm just describing really, though. I think the way it is, you know, and uh, it's it's a fact that it is not easy for for young people to be heard. Because there's a million of people, millions of people on YouTube clamoring for attention. Yeah. Um, and the ones that are shouting the loudest are not necessarily often the best uh, who should be heard. And that's maybe also why one reason why I'm not really listening uh, much to what's out there. Because, uh, you know, very often when you do hear something, it is like very, very mediocre or boring, at least to my ears. So it can, you kind of get a little disillusioned, you know, and then I don't feel like going out scouting for talent, you know, because uh, it is what it is, you know. When when I come, come across something that I enjoy, yeah, absolutely, that's... It's absolutely possible, and some people are um, still still out there producing novelty. But um, I guess it is uh, harder to to stand out for them, you know. Lastly, for myself, um, what makes music so special for you, and keeps the hunger and the drive alive after all of these years? Well, um, it's. The music doesn't get old if uh, if you don't allow it to get old, which I don't. First of all, I don't oversaturate myself, you know, with music. Uh, and then when I listen, I only listen to what I think is really, really 
the best. Just like when I'm eating, I'm trying to eat stuff really healthy and, and full of nourishment and, and keep the junk food down to an absolute minimum. Um, and music is very much the same, you know. Um, I uh, I don't want to sound conceited, but most of the, the music that you that is out there nowadays is like um, McDonald's quality junk food, um, full of preservatives, uh, all uh, tailor made for fast consumption, very shallow, nothing new. Um, nothing that we haven't heard a thousand times before. So downright boring and not nutritious. So when I listen, I, I want to hear something that still excites me that has some magic and some inspiration above all. You know, most of the music that is uh, produced nowadays is just for uh, consumption and the inspiration level is, is very low. This is why I still... Um, hark back to classical music because um, there is uh, so much inspiration to be found there uh, because it's it just a lot of it was produced on the highest level of, of human ability by real masters of the craft, you know. And I'm not just talking Beethoven, Mozart, but there were also others maybe lesser-known ones who um, produced beautiful music um, hundred or a couple of hundred years ago. And uh, I still find that um, inspiring, you know. So on my piano at home, I've always got uh, some cheap music from those days, and, and I love to play it. And I find um, some inspiration in there, you know. More so than listening to the latest whatever on the radio, which, um, some of which is downright unbearable because it's just so monotonous and completely without any imagination whatsoever. You know, so yeah, I think there's, um, it's not a good time for the arts nowadays, neither in terms of visuals or uh, musically. Um, these things still exist, but they're more like undercurrents. Um, they certainly don't rule the roost. <laughs> so that's that's it. There you go, <laughs> that's, folks. That's the way I see it. You know? For me, it's just those are just realities. And uh, I don't see it in any way, in any way bitter or so. It's just I, that's the way it is, you know, and suits me fine. It it leaves me relatively cold. I just do my thing, and uh, to the best of my abilities, and that's it, you know. But uh, music has seen better times, I I think, um, and we we will see what the future holds. Maybe. Uh, maybe in a few years' time, there'll be a huge resurgence of inspiration and we will find beautiful new music. It's all possible. <laughs> it's all possible. Indeed. 
Awesome. Lovely. Um, thank you very much for taking time out of your um, Saturday to join me. Yeah, right. You're welcome. You're welcome. I wish, I wish you all the very best with obviously the reissues, the book, and and the touring. And I'll hopefully see you at the um, the Milton Keynes show in November. Milton Keynes. Yeah, we're playing at this place with the weird name. At the Crawford Arms. Yeah, um, when I first saw it, I was sure there was a spelling mistake. So I said, <laughs> my guy, you got a spelling mistake. Two of them. <laughs> so I thought it must be Crawford. But I it's think... written uh, A-U, which is like Welsh, right? And cried forward. Very weird. <laughs> it's, uh... so, I, I think I think you'll like it though. It's a. Uh, it's yeah, have you been there? Yes, uh, it's uh, thirty minutes um, down the road from Northampton. So yeah. It's, uh, so it's in like the halfway point between Northampton and London. So it's a nice. Cool. It's a nice little venue, um, and it's like a, a pub kind of hotel, and then it's got like a venue that kind of backs onto that. So um, yeah, should right. be a good okay. show. Good, that's new for me. The only uh, Milton Keynes experience I have is because they used to have the, the Marshall, um, the guitar amplifiers. I think they were in Milton Keynes. Yeah, we used to go there. Um, and during the Scorpions and also Electric Sundays, we sometimes went there to get new amps or new caps or whatever. Yeah, great. So I'll I'll see you then, Rob. Indeed. Indeed. And make sure you come backstage and say hi. Yes, I will. I will do it. All indeed. right. I will do it. Thank you very much. Pleasure talking to you today. Thank you. My pleasure. Cheers. Bye-bye now. That was Julie John Roth. He was absolutely fantastic to speak to. I can't thank himself as well as Valeria over at Duff Press um, for helping me put this one together. And, of course, I want to thank you guys and girls out there for tuning to yet another episode from Setting the Tone. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Please, if you're able to go and see Julie John Roth on tour, make sure you do. Um, I'm certainly going to get to a date. I can't wait to see him. Can't wait to see the man in in action. Um, a legend, an absolute legend. There's not many of them, unfortunately, left in, in the industry anymore. Um, so no doubt that'll be fun. Go and check out the book. That book sounds a real interesting read. Very good. Sounds like it's going to be complex, but if you can get your head around it, it sounds like it'd be a lot of fun. Thank you once again. As I always say, if there's anything that you would like to discuss, you're in a band, you maybe got a single, an album, an EP, or you're going on tour, or you're a band that's just formed and you want to come on the show, feel free to reach out to stt-setentoneoutlook.com or you can reach out to Setentone UK Podcast through Facebook and Instagram and I'll do my very best to see if I can accommodate that request and get you on the show to talk about what you've got coming up. Again, thank you. Stay safe and bye-bye for now.